0: All right. Hello, and welcome to RealCom's
1: Masterclass series titled Cyber Workshop and Incident Response Planning. I'm Chuck Neiswonger, your RealCom host for today's webinar, The Business Perspective. This session's discussion centers around the executive level, initial responses that would be common and expected during an actual cyber cybersecurity breach. take this discussion through the first five days following discovery of the breach and reveal everything that caused it at the end. But before we get started, let me go over a few housekeeping items to help you have a great webinar experience. First of all, thank you to our live attendees. Today's webinars, uh, like last week's session on the IT and OT perspective, will simulate an actual tabletop exercise designed to test the company's existing incident response plan, how they react, identify weaknesses, and assess areas that need improvement. Uh, You're welcome to take the role of observers, if you like, and make comments on what you're seeing and hearing along the way. And we may share some of those uh, uh, findings and some of your comments at the end of the session when we wrap up when everybody else is, is kind of assessing how that went. In the handout section, you'll find detailed bios of our panelists. There's no slide deck for today because of uh, mostly this is just a simulation that wouldn't be very interesting. For the best webinar experience, we do recommend closing out any other internet applications, especially streaming videos. And as always, I do recommend paying attention, maybe even taking notes. The test will come when, not if, you have your own cybersecurity breach. And if you are experiencing any technical issues with connectivity, sound or video quality, the best thing to do is disconnect and click on the webinar link again. You can also email Ian Thompson at I, Thompson that's I-T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N, at realcom.com for help during the event. But don't worry, you won't miss anything since you'll receive a link to the webinar recording later today. And we've included my email on this page, in case you're watching this as a recording, and you think of questions or comments, Or you just want to give feedback on your experience we always want to make these webinars better for you so your feedback is always welcome this educational webinar is supported by realcom's outstanding and loyal sponsors 5q are the commercial real estate and technology experts 5q understands the intricacies and inner workings of commercial real estate's legacy technology systems, and they provide technology and cybersecurity management in all commercial real estate sectors. Michael Baker International, with more than 300 engineers, architects, planners, and experts across nearly 100 offices in the US, they're a leading provider of engineering and consulting services, delivering innovative solutions to complex infrastructure challenges. We are very grateful for these contributions uh, of these tech partners to our industry, to RealCom, and to helping us educate viewers in sessions just like these. We are featuring members of these companies in key roles during this webinar, and be sure to include them in your vendor selection process when you're thinking about any of these kind of issues. So that would be very helpful for you. I've got three polls for you to run. Uh, let's go ahead and put up the first one, very simple. It's really just give us an idea of where you are in your company. We've tried to provide some in, uh, position descriptions that just about anybody could identify with. So take a moment to uh, to fill that out. And then uh, the next question was, has your company experienced any sort of cybersecurity incident or breach. If you can share that information with us, we'd be glad to uh, to check it out and comment on it. And, and these things could also tailor some of the direction and some of the conversation, especially towards the end when we're doing an assessment. And finally, d- does your company have a cybersecurity incident response plan? If you can answer that one, that would be good. That's the whole goal of this exercise is to help people not only improve ones that they do have but if they don't maybe how to get started so uh, both are applicable all right, very good. I do want to give you an idea of the company that we're talking about. This is the targeted company portfolio. We've we've named this company Utopia Investment Management. That's our, our default company that we like to use. They are a registered investment advisory company with the SEC. That does make a big difference in some of the decisions that will be made. Approximately two and a half billion in assets under management. So not not an extremely large company, but definitely in need of def, uh, these kinds of controls. Their portfolio includes industrial retail office and mixed use campuses, including a five building campus in Atlanta, Georgia with professional offices, medical offices, and some retail tenants in the lower floors of the building to the campus. So that part is open to the public. That could be a factor. Incident response plan, has been developed for utopia but it has not been reviewed in the last 18 months and it has not been thoroughly tested until now all right let me introduce uh, each member of our master class tabletop exercise starting with our facilitator don goldstein welcome don hey chuck all right very good so i can hear you that's good our CEO is Jay Marling. He is a CEO and managing principal of found and founder at CapRight. Welcome, Jay. Yeah, glad to be here. All right. Our breach leader, or soon to be named breach leader, is uh, and CIO is Susan Jarek. She's a senior vice president, IT, and CIO at Elm Communities. Welcome, Susan.
2: Good morning. Good afternoon, everyone.
1: All right. Our chief finance officer and legal expert is Howard Barrish. She's principal of hb solutions welcome howard good morning everybody oh good afternoon at this point all right i'm there okay there you are i see there's a little bit of a delay our i t director also playing corporate communications and hr is grant Rickoff. he is principal virtual cio and uh and uh chief dishwasher at gnr consulting right okay all right, good. welcome That's grant a-
3: Public communications today. Greg got me fired. Last
1: oh, week. okay. All right. All right. Got it. Got it. Got it. Our our managed service provider is Jeff Ewing. He's VP of security operations at 5Q. Welcome, Jeff. Howdy, everyone. All right. And our BS, BMS, building management system vendor uh, and c- cybersecurity partner is Fred Gordy. He's director of OT risk assessment at Michael Baker International. Welcome, Fred.
4: Glad to be here. Thank you. All
1: right very good let's uh let's review the survey results real quick together starting with the first one ian so we have a pretty good mix um sorry grant you can't identify with anyone in the hr corporate communications group but that's okay um good mix especially on the executive side so so that looks good all right next one and ever experienced a breach uh so no not sure not at liberty to share so we'll call that a yes so 31 31 yes 31 no and and not sure good mix don i think you could probably refer to that all right finally do you have an irp oh very good all right so um at least close to seventy percent say yes, so that's a good number. And I would say even if you do, again, these this session is designed not only to uh, develop incident response plans, but to enhance them, which is exactly the model that this company has. So, uh, Don, let me turn it over to you. You can you're, Don's our host, uh, our our facilitator, and he will explain kind of his role and how this will all begin, and we'll get started.
5: Thank you, Chuck. And uh, thank you, Realcom, for putting on this very important uh, webinar uh, this week and last week. Uh, I do not know how many from this audience uh, participated in last week's webinar. So for those who uh, have not had an opportunity to watch the recording or listen to the recording um, and be on last week's webinar, let me uh, bring everyone up to speed. As facilitator, my role is to keep the conversation going. I'm going to bring in different people in these roles, as Chuck explained, uh, during the course of this exercise. Uh, we have limited time, so understand this is a very compressed time frame uh, for going through uh, the level of, of detail and information that we'll be providing um, over the course of the exercise. I may inject some new information uh, as uh, this exercise goes along, and just so everyone knows even though this scenario is based on real events it is not reflective of a specific incident uh, or breach and with that let me bring you up to speed as chuck explained um, utopia is a uh, real estate investment firm um, with um, several billion of assets under management pretty diverse portfolio Uh, For the purpose of this exercise, it takes place in Atlanta, their headquarters, where they also have this five-building campus. It's only 8 a.m. in the morning when this scenario starts, but the weather forecast is for temperatures in the upper 90s, very hot for Atlanta, and it's um, August 16th, so you're right smack in the middle of the summertime. Uh, the way the scenario starts is the CFO Howard gets a call from his major financial institution letting him know that they have two complaints from high net worth investors saying their personal information um has been shared in what they suspect is a fraudulent email asking them to route um wire funds uh to a new account um this uh banking institution calls the CFO calls Howard and um, because this happened the day before, and asked him if he received this email that he had sent about the suspected wire fraud. Howard said, no, I didn't receive any emails. Here are the emails that um, the institution then texted over to Howard so he could see what happened. Um, This is definitely Howard's email. It looks like his email signature. Um, So obviously he's very concerned. Uh, He has notified IT of this, who has in turn notified the MSP about what's happened, so they're looking into this situation. He has let his CEO know about this, um, and the IT leader uh, let the CIO know what happened here. Later in the morning, about 1130, uh, the building engineer on site at Building 3 of the five-building campus in Atlanta is getting hot calls from the tenants who are also saying that they cannot um, adjust the thermostats. Nothing's working. It's getting very hot. Um, They don't know if they can operate and they're asking all kinds of questions about what's going on. The building engineer is calling the BMS vendor who supports um, the HVAC system. Uh, He is at another site and said he couldn't be on site until about 3 p.m. Um, Unfortunately, the engineer says that he cannot get into the system Um, seems to be locked out and furthermore, it appears that the chillers are all down in the the building. So we're gonna fast forward now to 3 p.m. of that that day. And at this point, where we're gonna pick up is uh, with the CIO who is now um, starting to get at least some fragments of information about what's happening. Obviously, the CIO is very concerned, and the CIO is going to bring in um, the CEO and the CFO uh, and and let them know what she has learned so far about what has transpired in the morning. So I'm gonna bring on Susan, and Susan will take it from here.
2: All right, Um, hey, Howard, Jay, I really need to give you all some updates on what's happening right now. Howard, are you doing okay? I know we gave you a loaner laptop so that you could at least keep working. You know, we've pulled your laptop off and uh, have air gapped it and are taking a look at it. But are, are you doing okay right now? Have you heard anything else from the bank
6: at this I point? I have not heard anything else from the bank. So it seems like they were on top and locked this down. Um, but and i'm and i'm working just fine. The new laptop was was perfect. It's it's working without issue. My challenge is obviously high level of concern for the company and our investors.
2: Oh sure. I mean, Jay, I think Howard brought you up to speed earlier uh about exactly what what happened and what he was hearing from the investors, but I wanted to give you a little bit of background about what we're doing so far so that the two of you can help me think through this and determine if we need to declare an incident so we brought in our msp and he is looking at everything at howard's laptop at our logs at network traffic at um everything possible but it's taking a while in fact it's it's taking a lot longer than i really wish that it was so i don't have the complete information that i'd really like to have to be able to give you the guidance right now i know after this conversation i'm going to go back and talk to them and try to get more information but you know right now i just i just don't know enough except you clearly we have some type of, of problem from an i.t standpoint Now. I'm also getting some really unusual reporting from building three in our, uh, North Atlanta campus. They're telling me that the building information, the building management system is offline and that the chillers aren't running there, that tenants are really starting to complain because it's so hot outside. You know, we've, we've called in our bms vendor and he's taking a look at things along with the building engineer um it doesn't it doesn't sound good but i don't i don't know if these two things have anything to do with each other or not
0: okay
7: um let me take let's take stock here for a second since we talked last susan i i went and just uh glanced through the irp that we had and like honestly i can't remember the stuff that we did you know last time but i started reading it and there's some good stuff in there um i I think we're gonna have to at some point decide whether we've got an incident on our hand and i just i've heard you know about the through some other channels about the stuff that's happening in atlanta but i want to sort of separate this off because um, I'm mostly concerned about these account and routing numbers flying around. You know, uh, we're a reg- reg- registered SEC. <laughs> you know, uh, we we this is like massively important that we understand what's going on here. And you know, I think about this it, that that you, you know whether we should call a breach or not is is really how do we want to. You know, on the one hand, it, you know we have something serious that appears to have happened. I don't know that at this point we can be certain that it came from us. Um, there are there are really three sources of, of ways to get these account numbers. Um, you know, it could be the the individual or the individual investor. It could be the bank, or it could be somewhere in our systems. And so, what I don't, what I what I think really points to it being a serious issue is that is these email things going on with the spoofing with of howard's email um, yeah that's that's what's concerning jay is where do we I, I think it points to no. us you now. and and what i'm that's what i'm mostly worried about is is um you know when do we when do we have to do that and, and what are our obligations um you know this isn't something that i'm used to dealing with on a day-to-day basis so um howard like what do what do we what do we need to do here like what 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 are our obligations to investors like um I, you don't have to actually give me all the answers right now but we need to start thinking in that direction so so that's one problem that we have and then we'll separate out and we'll talk about the atlanta thing separately because i think that that's that to me at least falls in a different bucket um and a slightly it's important but a slightly less important bucket
6: yeah so just briefly and, and it, the trigger would be if we do declare a breach um and I also reached out and talked to our general counsel a bit as well because I wanted a legal perspective as well. Okay. So if we trigger a breach, um, remembering again as you pointed out, we're an RIA, right? So we have a higher duty of care um, and a fiduciary responsibility to our investors. Number one and first and foremost, to protect their information. Um, if and if we do declare a breach, we our regulators get involved. Um, And we have a duty of care to both identify, diagnose, and then quickly remediate. Uh, And I can go through some, you know, if we get to that point, we can go through in detail what some of that stuff means. But in addition to that, we, you know, we have some pretty substantial people out there who their information's at risk. So it may also entail you and I um, certainly picking up the phone in the case of some of the more senior, you know, Bigger investors maybe getting out there and meeting with them directly, ensure them we're okay.
2: You so. know, i i want us I want us to take a step back here because I I think you both have really good points, but you know we really need to be careful what we say, and I don't think we've ever scripted out what it is that that we need to say in a situation like this. You know, one of the things that I've been doing in the meantime is is I did go back and look at our cyber insurance policy. You know, we, we started with this particular firm we're working with about three years ago. And, uh, you know, at the time we went through uh, an introduction and talked to them about what would happen. And, you know, one of the things that they said is when we, are ready to declare an incident we need to let them know and we need to let our insurance broker know too and we just need to be really careful not to do anything that then they're going to have to undo or that could potentially impact the fact that our cyber insurance would even cover what we're doing so i just i want i know that you know, your first uh inclination is to go with action but i think we have to to be very very thoughtful and make absolutely sure before we trigger an incident at this point. I mean, yeah, does
0: that, I that If
6: we decide to declare a breach, I, I, you know, I don't know whether we're there yet. And some of that, a lot of that is in, in your hands, Susan, because it's the technical issues that are going to ultimately drive, whether it was us that was penetrated. Um, so our, our council was all our GC was also saying, you know, we may, if we get to that point, bring an outside cyber council as well. And, and our insurer might want us to do that as well
2: you know i i just i there's just so much we don't know right now you know we've had those reports but could there be more you know i'm, I'm hoping the msp will be able to tell me you know some more information is there other data that's been lost is there going to be you know, some kind of ransom demand i mean this this is we only heard about this early this morning. I don't even know what what else might be on the horizon for,
7: so I'll tell you what you know um, we don't want to cry necessarily cry wolf, because we don't know. I take your point. I will say that, like I've read through the documentation. There's nothing that tells me what constitutes a breach, you know nothing, nothing really clear cut. you know, I wish it were I, I just wish you know we had some real guidance on that um uh and i think we should try and figure it out in the meantime on the fly here if we can um and i you know i don't i agree with you susan we we maybe shouldn't crawl breach right this minute but it sort of seems like it's trending in that direction to me so i think we need to do what we need to do to prepare for that and is there a time that we can circle back uh you know sometime you think you'll have more information um, you know I, I, I I'm not going anywhere until we have this sort of under control or or a little yeah. bit better handle on it
2: yeah i I appreciate that I appreciate your support, Jay. Let's plan to get back together at um at about seven p m this evening, and that way I can. It'll give me some time to get with the MSP, to get with the building team, to look a little bit more into our insurance because this may even go beyond our cyber insurance at this point. And then let's get back together and maybe we can uh, pull in Grant from Communications as well and uh, and see what he thinks too.
7: Yeah, I mean the 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 building issue in, in atlanta you know i feel like you have this happens periodically like there's something something mechanical in the building i don't necessarily want to assume that 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 the two are connected like that you know i don't know it just seems kind of like tenants are always complaining that they're hot um and and there's always something that broke somewhere and we have to get it fixed um but it sounds serious and like we got to stay on top of that one as well that's a different problem and that's more of that's another kind of communication problem so um if you, can, if you can gather up as much as you can on that so we can you know sort of work on these things in tandem um i think that would be um helpful yeah all and jane
6: right. in the meantime, i'll i'll appease those two investors who are calling us and uh you know keep a lid on it
0: yeah bring Great. me in if you need me all right we'll do all thank right. you all I'll keep you informed.
5: Thanks, Susan. Okay, so now we're going to fast forward to 7 p.m. in the evening Um, while the uh, IT director and MSP are investigating on the email front and what appears to be this attempted um, wire fraud and then the information that has gone um, from the investors um, apparently uh you know they they believe that accurate information that they they have from um their accounts have been um compromised um at the same time at building three the situation is getting even more critical because the tenants uh left the building they weren't able to cool the building down they weren't able to get the systems operational uh the bms vendor came on site in the afternoon And now uh, what's going to happen at this point is that um, Susan, the IT director, uh, before she brings on the executives back on the call, she is getting her updates from the MSP and um, from the building system uh, provider. Um, They uh, they obviously have some issues here, not just on the CFO's front with with his email, They also have this growing situation in the building where there's retail, there's critical office um, tenants there who need to be in the office. Um, They're starting to say, when are we gonna get back or we're gonna have a big problem. Um, And at the same time, um, it doesn't appear that that situation is getting any better. So uh, I'm gonna bring Susan back on as the CIO And she's going to bring uh, the MSP and then uh, the building vendor, uh, system vendor, to get um, her updates from them, uh, leading up to bringing back and reassembling the executive team.
0: All right. All right. Let's see. Um, Jay, are you there? Jeff? hello how are you
2: doing well Jeff (laughs) I I don't believe
0: that for a minute
8: (laughs) but uh, I do want to give you a quick update I talked with uh, with with, uh, the other grant earlier in the day and we got we got some uh, some things we found out since then there uh, we did find that Howard's email while it did not have a forwarding rule on it today uh, for a period of 10 days prior it did have a forwarding rule on it that was set by someone with access to a service account. Uh, They then came back in later and removed it. Uh, It looked like that was the reason he was never receiving emails from that bank, from that institution. Uh, We've taken that and the type of data that we've been searching for, uh, and we have found that there's a lot of spreadsheets with that same data that is not in secure areas. It's also been shared through email as an attachment and a couple of folks have actually sent it to their personal Gmail accounts. So we don't know what type of file that ended up being, or if how it got compromised that way. It's potential. It's very possible. We've got a lot of work to do. We're going to have to go outside of either uh, change control and we're going to work internally at the, at the MSP. We're calling an emergency change control process where we're going to make some changes and we're going to have to document them later and get them approved later. Because this is really critical, and it's going to take a while.
2: Well, you know, I first of all, thank you. That's a lot a lot more information than we had just a few hours ago, so it's really helpful. I, it, there, I have so many questions as to how something like this could have happened and have gone undetected. I, the, I just really I, I just don't, I don't understand. Can, yeah. can you tell me, you know, do you do you have names associated with any of these accounts? Is there anything else that you can tell me? Because I know that, that Jay and Howard are going to want a lot more information than this.
8: You have several accounts that have administrative rights and they run as a service account. That means they run in the background for, you know, for an accounting function or perform some function for some application or some database some of those have been looks at least one has been compromised and it has administrative level access once that happens someone can spread around as quickly as they want we're trying to track back as far as far back as when it could possibly have happened but it's going to take a lot of forensics and a lot of time to get that done i know uh y'all do have an insurance policy so when you enact that uh they should test some guidance in, in that respect and have somebody for us to work with to do the details but to try to stop the bleeding, so to say, we've got to restrict all of those privileged accounts. We've got to change passwords on probably everybody, but we're going to need to coordinate that with IT uh, and get some of these things moved forward. Um, there's a lot of things we have to look at from the firewall standpoint, from connectivity. Uh, and then granted also mentioned something about, you had another incident at a at a property. Um,
0: yeah.
8: And we don't normally see some of those devices come around, but the traffic we've been gathering in the logs lately and going through, we're seeing traffic from those uh, OT networks that don't normally come through. Usually it's just your property managers and you know, sending email and doing their normal job. But from that site for a while, we've been gathering a lot of uh, uh, OT network type protocols that have come on the wire, which is odd. Um, we haven't checked any other site, but we just thought we would bring that to your attention too.
2: I I appreciate it. You know, I'm. I'm really nervous. We haven't we haven't communicated anything within the organization yet. I mean, I you know, a few people know, you know, just because of the chatter that they hear, you know, with people talking back and forth, you know, certainly the people that are responsible for uh the campus in uh North Atlanta are aware, but you know, I'm a little nervous as to, you know, how much we want to really alarm people, but I know we need to do things to protect them. Are you documenting everything and uh, putting it in uh, the Help Desk location that we talked about last week? Because I I just I want to make absolutely sure that if we declare an incident and we call in our cyber insurance folks that we have everything documented and that we haven't done anything that they're going to tell us we shouldn't have done.
8: Yes, we've been preserving evidence since the first call we got this morning uh all the team that's working on this uh is is uh, putting everything in the the location we talked about uh everything that's been been done is is documented and like i said that we are enacting an emergency change control process so we will do some things before we document them but they will be documented to, to help you get to the root cause of this at the end of the day and we'll help however we can
2: have you had any discussions at all with the BMS vendor at this point? Because I'm, I'm just trying to think, if, if you're seeing some really suspicious activity, maybe we need to connect the two of you. I, I'm, just, I, I'm just starting to get a really, really bad feeling about this.
8: You haven't checked any other properties, but normally we don't see that type of protocols coming across the wire. It's just, I didn't note it as suspicious, I noted it as anomalous, it was odd. Um, but then, when I heard you had an issue going on there, I just wanted to make sure we are documenting that as well because I don't want something to go unlooked. I want everybody to, to look at everything they can. because we, we yeah. don't know where this started, how it how it happened.
2: Okay, well, would you would you continue to keep me informed? We um, we haven't officially declared an incident yet. You know, I still am trying to gather information. Um, but I, yeah, I may be calling on you again. For more you know for Absolutely. more updates that you know at least you've given me something to go back uh with jay and howard to discuss further uh and i'll let you know if i need you to talk to the bms vendor
0: yeah
8: and per our incident response uh communications plan i will send you an update every 30 minutes through email unless it's something that requires your urgent attention which i will call you
2: okay okay do you think I guess I'm just nervous. Do you think that's safe? I, I just wonder, can they, are they in our systems to the point where they can potentially read our email?
8: Yeah, we don't know. And uh, if you'd rather, I can use out-of-band communication than to do that.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, I think we should. If if I got anything from trying to look at this incident response plan, it it, it seems to suggest that we need to be cautious until we know more.
8: Okay, great. Well, let me, after you hear Dr. Your BMS vendor, we'll talk later.
2: Okay, sounds great. Thank, Thank you. you very much, Jeff. Bye. All right, so I uh, I really need to catch up with Fred and understand what we know from Building 3. It's, it, it's kind of tough, our COO, Julia, she is on vacation and I've tried to get in touch with her, but I haven't been able to reach her. So, uh, Brad, you know, I know you've been working with the property staff, but can you bring me up to date?
4: Well, let's take a look first at the most pressing issues. Um, you know, I think, you know, that this building is very hot. Um, of course it's 7 PM at night, but tomorrow is going to be, be hot. Uh, and the reason for that is because your chillers are offline and the, I'm still trying to figure out the association between it, but, you know, we were originally called in because the uh, the front end or the, the the server part of your system uh, had gotten ransomed, and so it was totally encrypted. And so when I brought a machine over, um, one of your building guys, I, I asked him to help me out, so I, I I asked him to disconnect that machine. Well, he told me that there were two network cables connected to it and what concerns me is we didn't do that Um, we don't know how it got there I mean we just came on as your service provider about a year ago Mm -hmm. so not knowing where that other cable goes I would just caution you that um, I don't know if you have anything going on but to look for possible events or something, because sometimes these guys will use that as a pivot point. They'll come in through your control system because it is not as secure, and then they'll pivot over to it, whatever else is connected to your corporate network, whatever. So that's those are real high. The other thing is you don't you didn't have a backup. So now we have a front end that we're gonna have to build from scratch. No, um, so that's gonna take a little while. But the other thing is you got to get to building cool. In order to do that, you're going to have to contact rental place these heavy equipment rental places to get alternate cooling uh, machines that you're going to have to bring in. They're big, ugly, and bulky. The problem is, you're not going to have like the the amount that you need in one place. You're going to have to go to several of several of these things, and whether or not they whatever they have. The other thing is, we started spot checking your controllers and the controllers are the things that make things run, okay, like the chillers and that kind of thing. When we direct connected to them, they're bricked, and what I mean by that is they don't respond, they don't function, it's, this is the part that really concerns me, is whatever might have ransomed, whoever might have ransomed it, may have gotten in and just dis- destroyed your, your uh, uh, controllers to the point they have to be sent back to the manufacturer to be reset. That's another item that just isn't readily sitting on our shelf that has to come from the manufacturer depending on where they are in the manufacturing and, you know, after COVID, lead times are horrendous. They're getting better. I say all that to say this, that um, it's probably going to take, and this is just an estimate, it's probably going to take us several months to get everything back together because after we get all of this programmed and everything, we have to get a commissioning agent to come in and make sure that it's all back like it was. So, and and to I mean, be quite honest with you, to put the level of manpower we need on this to get you back as soon as possible is not going to be cheap.
2: I and mean, I know i'm no ot expert but isn't there anything that can be done with the chillers i mean can there be a manual override i mean surely we're not entirely dependent on the bms
4: system to run these buildings so here's the thing is you can take a chance um you could run these these chillers you know just manually run them um but we don't know the extent of the damage yet. We don't know if they've gotten in and done anything else. Uh, you know, uh, is We're gonna have to take some time and possibly even tear down the chillers to make sure that there's been no damage internally or to the controllers or whatever the case may be. So I just can't promise that those chillers are gonna be able to be um, used for maybe a week, two weeks, three weeks. I, I mean, know. I wish I could give you better, better uh information or better timelines but that that's just the hardcore reality of it there is no backup plan
2: you you've told me that it's gonna take time but i mean what what's all this gonna cost
4: it's i mean we're in the six figures easy wow i mean i'm and i'm just you know trying to put it all together and that doesn't even uh take into account the rental costs that you're going to have on those um alternate cooling units that's just our might, part
2: what might that be any any ballpark
4: um i mean the, uh, you know we're talking thousands a day tens of thousands a day wow i you know Well, and i do want to again i i don't know what's going on anywhere else but i would your it people i would probably have them check out that other nick or network cable that we had coming in to the front end because that concerns me i don't know if they've gotten into your system or not so yeah i
2: that's a that's a really good point i will ask the team to take a look at that i will uh i thank you very much brad i actually do you have uh jeff our MSP's contact information, because I'd like to put the two of you in touch. Uh, sure. I think I think the two of you should probably be talking and I'll go back and check in with the executive team and bring them up to speed. So, you know, thanks for yeah. everything. You know, please keep me up to date on okay. what's
4: going on. Do so you think it's a good idea to reach out to him now or what do you think?
2: Yeah, I'd go ahead, if you would, go ahead and reach sure. out to him now.
4: Okay, we'll do.
5: Okay, so now um, it's just a little later um, in the evening. Um, Jay uh, was called in at 7 o'clock, but uh, he got an emergency call. So he had, yeah, to, uh, away. <laughs> he had to jump off um, because a lot of things are happening right now. Um, now he's ready to come back on with Susan and with Howard, uh, the CFO, and get an update um, from Susan as to what she has just learned.
2: jay and howard i've i've gotten a lot of a lot of information in the last few hours and uh, it's it's not looking good um uh, you know our our msp has gotten a a lot of indication that there definitely has been some significant breach activity um uh you know service accounts being taken over and and doing some of the things like you know howard with your email um that that you wouldn't even be aware of um you know the the fact that some some gmail accounts have been in use trading information and collecting information of you know about the company um, and it starting to talk too about some of what they're seeing on the network traffic on the OT side and seeing that there's traffic there that doesn't make sense. It's it's not our property teams. Uh, so I had a good conversation with Fred and uh, got some updates on what's going on with building three, but I wanted to let you know up front I've connected uh, Fred and Jeff together because I think that the two incidents might potentially be related. Now, the news that that Fred gave me is is really disheartening. Uh, you know, one of the things that we really had hoped is that we'd be able to get the BMS system back online quickly. There's no backup of the BMS system. We never did it. We, you know, foolishly assumed that the BMS vendor was doing that. We didn't do it, so they're going to have to rebuild all of that. They think our chillers are damaged. Uh, they said, you know, just their work alone is gonna be six figures. And that doesn't even account for anything we'd have to do to make the tenant spaces uh, habitable again. So I, I think at this point, I I would really uh, suggest that we think about what to do about that building and uh what we need to do internally. uh and if you will are comfortable with us moving forward and declaring a breach.
7: Um okay, well thank thank you, Susan. Uh you've you've had a long day, uh <laughs> as we all have. Um so um I, I only caught the beginning of that conversation with Jeff because I was talking to our lead tenant in building three, uh, is not happy with us. Uh and uh it's you know what i gathered I, i'm still trying to separate all this stuff out you know and, and deal with it like how how we want to deal with it but um the first thing I, i'm thinking is is it, it now does seem like there might be a connection here based on what you're hearing from fred you know it's good that you got them communicating because i think that it's um You know, going to be you know, hopefully we'll discover a little bit more about the source of the problem, and that might help us fix it a little bit. But you know, in terms of these these situations, it sounds like they may be connected now, Um, and it sounds like it definitely is on our end, whatever the issue is. Um, And so I think we do. There's it's sort of indisputable in my mind that we have to declare you know, breach, um, and um, and and get the ball rolling on all of that stuff. So I would assume that we need to reach out to our insurer. You know, this isn't their first rodeo. This is what they do. So I think, you know, there are a lot of things I wish we had been more prepared for, Uh, honestly. You know, my job is, you know, raising and allocating capital in real estate. I don't really deal with this stuff that much. So I'm not, you know, gonna pretend like I do and let you guys do your jobs, but I think we, you you know we definitely need to avail ourselves of the resources that the um the cyber insurance has and um we need to do i you know by by tomorrow morning or or very very soon we need to understand what our legal obligations are and make sure we're ticking all the boxes because one thing i want to make sure we do is that we take this stuff this this is now our problem that we're going to have to own going forward and so um I think we're gonna we're gonna just it's important that we take the lumps and that we're very clear with our communication when we understand what's going on. You know, if we're in this and, and Grant, I want your input here too, but I think you'll agree with me. So like when we know something and we can be forthright with whether it's investors or tenants or our own employees, I think we gotta be, you know, a little bit open yeah. to,
3: you know. I I gotta take right now to get some more information, so I'll I'll be back on in a moment. Okay.
5: Right. In the, um, in the media- so
3: let me interrupt for a second because uh, Grant um,
5: uh, on corporate from corporate communications just got a call from Kim Nash, a cybersecurity reporter for the Wall Street Journal, because she is seen on social media where tenants from Building Three. Have been evacuated, and they have been given no information as to why and when they'll be allowed back in the building
2: you all so, we we can't we can't talk to her right now we We don't have any sort of of template to guide us in how to have a conversation with a with a reporter I mean anything we say. I mean, it is going to immediately be available to to anyone in the world, no matter what their relationship is with us. And if we haven't followed things properly, I, we're we're just going to make things worse for ourselves. We really, yeah, right. I'm, really I'm
7: sorry. Get a I, I, I take your point. Like, let's you know, ultimately. Um, the responsibility for all of this stuff rests with me, you know, and so I'm going to have to make a statement at some point. Um, and and I take your point, you know, when we have enough information that we can, you know, be forthright in a way that's useful, um, I think we can do do that. Uh, if we look at the advantage of the situation, you know, it's the end of the business day. Like there there are no tenants in that office building right now. They're not going to work, you know, and, and we we have, I think, you know, until the morning to sort of craft something um and, and start to think our way through how we want to communicate this because that's a separate issue. We gotta deal with the threat, you know, and, and how we're dealing with that, but then we also have to deal with the communications. And like I have to be the person, you know, um who, who takes that, you know, responsibility. It is my responsibility, you know. Um,
0: I know, Jay. There's, there's
7: I know. Here for a sec. We can't no
6: communication go go out before it also passes through legal. I know we, we got to go through grant, but there there are some very, I, I've been looking at this and the, the heartburn levels driving, uh, you know, growing um, because we're a, a registered investment advisor. We keep going back to that. We have some very prescribed things we need to do and ways in which we need to respond. And yeah, you've got to own the response, but it's got to go through a bunch of layers of
7: review before it can go out understood but there there have to be some templates for this kind of thing you know it, there's nothing in our in our irp that has anything about how we communicate um yep. you know it's very vague you know um and i yeah. wish we you know had something off the shelf that were, were approved but it, we don't um but but i think what we can do look we have till tomorrow morning i would say or sometime mid-morning maybe um where we can fashion something and howard you're gonna have to take it to legal i don't care what we have to do and who we have to get and and susan you're gonna have to coordinate with our insurance company which i think you know right when we're done with this call and you got to go ahead and make that call and they i'm hoping they have somebody at a hotline that can get us going on some of this stuff because we're going to need their approval for the communication i would imagine right um i would assume you know uh so i think the Four of us kind of have to coordinate on this um, in terms of getting this sort of, so we can so we can be, begin to communicate with the outside world on this. We don't want to be like building a fortress around ourselves. If that winds up being worse over time. You know, you're always better off if you just kind of take it on the chin.
2: Hey, yeah, well Howard, drop me up here though, because we got to do things in the right order. We have to do it in the right order or we're really yeah. going to be in trouble with our regulators, With you know, with our investors. I'm just, you know, I, I'm just really, really cautious.
6: Can can we I agree that no communication goes out before the four of us are all in sync on what it says? Because I, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. nobody should be talking without the four of us knowing.
3: The coordination is key here. I wanted to give you guys an update on my call. Apparently we've gone viral uh, posts from some of our tenants saying hashtag Hades on Earth uh, and tagging both our corporate account and our property account. So when we initially developed the IR plan, we talked about getting a retainer from a PR firm. We talked to a couple, we never you know solidified that, but there's a couple specialty specialty firms for handling this exact situation. I will reach out to them again uh, see if they have any you know, tips or tricks or anything. Well, there's
7: there's crisis management, right? So like, that's what we have here is like, it's a full-fledged crisis, uh, you know? Um, So I think we, we definitely need that. You know, we gotta bring in the resources guys just be sensitive to when you're wasting valuable time cuz like you talk to people and they'll try and get you to do this or that like let's stay focused on the tasks at hand here you know we 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 have to get to the bottom of this issue we've got legal requirements you know we got to secure our investors um, we got we 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 got to deal with the situation with our tenants um we're going to we have to, have communicate. to, with we're gonna have to communicate with our own employees yeah like that's another yeah. thing
2: hold up jay what we really need is for you to declare an incident so that we can officially get the ball rolling and
4: yeah. that
2: way we have a lot more resources at our disposal i mean right now we're kind of playing an incident response let's get the pros in
7: here. yeah no no let's you, you we have a, an official incident i'm um, declaring that um susan i think they called it in the irp a breach leader which is essentially like a commander uh that filters all communications for this um you're the person for that role um given you know your position and what you know um so You know i think we we all got to work here to to manage our way through this um and look i you know i want to say this like we're not the first company to have this happen and we're not the last you know we won't be the last um you know this people this happens all the time and how we respond to it i think is is important because it shows kind of who we are and that's why i think the communication thing is super important um you can't communicate too early because then you're not you're kind of just screaming you know um but but once you know something and you have a plan you've got to be transparent about that and you know grant i understand the social media stuff and that will come and go and that's going to be a problem and we'll manage it but like i don't want to like do a knee-jerk response so you know can we at least tell the managers and people not to
3: communicate jay we do need to communicate to our internal employees so i that was a reporter that called And I, you know, gave the no comment, the corporate line, and we'd be responding shortly. However, she was very tenacious and our directory of people are out there. She can start calling anybody, any one of our employees to try to get more information. We need to remind them.
7: That's fine. And you know what? Inside the company, we don't need the same. We don't have the same requirements in terms of what we have for external comms. So like inside the company, you know, put something together. You and I can work on it tonight uh and let's uh let's get something that explains the situation the best we know it and also is instructive on what to do and what not to do in this situation um because i want that like that has to go out first thing in the morning before even people are awake if possible um because i think we need to let them know that we you know i don't know whether we want to how much we want to tell them i'm going to leave that to you um and we'll discuss it Yep,
3: I'll craft it tonight in the next hour and send it over to you for review. Thanks. All
7: right. Okay. Sometimes I can't believe they pay us to have this much fun. Yeah.
2: I'm going to get on with cyber insurance now, and uh, I'll keep you all up to date on a regular cadence. Uh, I'll yeah. be in the war room that we set up earlier if you need to find me.
7: All right. Make sure you get a few hours of sleep tonight
5: because it's going to be important. <laughs> <laughs> So try as she might, Susan really couldn't get any sleep.
0: <clears throat>
5: it's one of the things that keeps the CIOs up at night. And so uh, what we have here now is is a declared incident with a breach commander in Susan per their IR plan. It is now day two. Uh, a lot has happened. Information has been uh, discovered since um, the events of of today and the team is now starting to reconvene day two three o'clock in the afternoon when susan is gathering the team back together and providing the updates as to where the team is on all fronts with uh respect to um the it issue as well as the building issue um the insurer and uh legal obviously and you know other parties that that susan and team have been working with
0: all right all right
2: let's uh let's see if i can get jay and and howard and and uh grant back together and uh give them an update on what's been going on all night
0: how you doing susan
2: oh you know doing okay you know i i feel bad i i did call out and get some food for the team uh we are we're having regular check-ins uh things have been moving though overnight i mean thank goodness you know cyber insurance 24 7 365 uh they took my call um Fortunately, we had gathered all of the information in one place, so I was able to give them a summary of everything that we know is going on, both from the standpoint, you know, with Howard's email issue, as well as what's going on with Building 3. So I was able to give them all of that. They they have given us a full forensics team, working very closely with my team and with Jeff, our MSP uh to dig deeper into what we found so you know we have that we have a legal advisor howard so you know it's going to be able to walk us through everything that we need to think about and the different uh work with the different regulatory agencies uh we also have a cybersecurity building specialist that i've put in touch with fred uh, so that we can see if there's anything at all we can do a to get the building going again but you know, also very importantly understand what happened and uh, make sure that nothing else is going to happen you know, to our assets and to our portfolio. So, you know, we're getting a lot of really good support from all of those folks, but I wanted to ask your opinion um, because there's you know, there's a lot to think about. Should we inform law enforcement? You know, we we have a relationship with at the Atlanta Field Office. Uh, you know, I've met I've met with their agent that is in charge of their cybersecurity response. My only fear is if we do, they'll turn everything here into a crime scene. And they're gonna, you know, they're gonna want us to maybe stop doing things so that they can come in. I, I just, you know, what do you all think about that?
6: Susan. One thing we have to do now that we declared a breach is we got to let the SEC know. Once that happens, I don't know where it goes, right? They may, you know, when they get a sense of what's involved, they may do it. Um, so I think we need to talk to the, you know, the cyber legal that you you got from the insurance company and see what what happens, because I think we want to sort of be control the messaging. And we want to be in control of the timing. So if they're going to go ahead and do it anyway, maybe we want to get ahead of it so that we can control it.
5: And, and <laughs> if minute, somebody we have
3: is, send a letter to all of our investors, letting them know that SEC will require us to send.
7: Yeah, I see them, that that's the yeah, case. But how's the relationship with the with the um, cyber insurance? Like, it, are you do you feel like there's someone there who like you you feel very comfortable with because you know, they've been through this you know, hundreds of times. So like, why are we trying to reinvent the wheel here? Like if we if we need to report it to law enforcement and they kind of tell us that they've seen analogous situations and that's what's been done and that's, this is why you do it. And that's what we do, right? Like, why do we need to, we don't need to think about this problem. We got a thousand other problems to think about. And I really don't, you know, that's not gonna solve the issue that we have, the issues that we have right now, right? So um, we, yeah. we, can it, we can do it, but- I agree. Let the, let, let the experts tell us where we go. Yeah.
2: Okay. I, you know, my, my big thing. Cause if you don't trust them
7: then you know, then I don't think we do it right. Then we have to figure out another Avenue.
2: Right. I, you know, I mean, Jay, it's your company, you know, ultimately. And I, I just want to make sure that we're doing the right things. And, you know, I don't, as much as I love, you know, to partner with the government and everything they bring to bear. I just worry that you know they could end up making this drag out a lot longer than we'd like it to.
7: Okay, well, let's get an opinion on it. Let's get an opinion on it because I just don't feel qualified to make a good judgment on that, Howard. And I don't know that I mean, this isn't something that's in your. No, your I, I just well the SEC is coming no matter what we decide, right? Of course, yeah. So we might, and they may, know, they they may dictate us. it, they may so, dictate it as far as we that's
6: say. my point. So you we know. should at least understand it, what they're going to okay. do and what that requires that's
3: my point if we know there's nefarious activity and we have a breach and we're calling it a breach and somebody came in and did something i believe we need to report it at least to the fbi because it could be part of a broader bigger investigation we could Stance, be one stands
7: to reason grant but sometimes these things are counterintuitive and like maybe they don't even want you to know that they know you know who knows like and so i i just I just well, don't feel like we have the answer to that. I think you're, you're concerned it's about
3: really... the external narrative because one need...
6: thing I do know for hey. sure we have to do is we need to get with our investors, especially the two whose information was compromised, and we need to notify them immediately. That's part of our responsibility once it okay. breaches. Hey
2: so guys, need... I'm I'm getting a call from, from the insurer. Let me let me drop off and, and come back. Please please don't do anything with
0: that. No, we're not. <laughs> the
2: commander. Yeah,
5: a yeah. Standard, you know? yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, let me interject here uh, because um, the insurer just called Susan and apparently uh, when they learned about um, the email incident and the fact that uh, multi-factor was not enabled, uh, they went back and looked at the app that you submitted to the insurer and you had checked the box that MFA had been implemented in the organization. And now Susan is uh, being questioned on whether or not MFA truly has been rolled out to all the employees.
0: Hey, Jay, we
6: need to also then go back and look at our D&O insurance um, and see what protections are there. Because there may be, if if the cyber folks are going to run, there may be something there to fall back on. Okay, understood.
2: So I, I have better. Some, some news for you all. Um, the insurance company, you know, as you can imagine, is is looking at everything we've represented to them. And, uh, you know, in filling, I mean, you, you all should see these forms, you know, and all the information that they want. And, you know, I think I think we thought we were going to be implementing two-factor authentication across the organization. And so we went ahead and checked that box the last time we updated cyber insurance. And then, you know, Jay and Howard at the last minute, you cut it out of my budget, so we didn't do it. So the insurance company is really unhappy with us that we said that we had it and we didn't do it. And now they're threatening to pull their resources
7: all right um i didn't even know that that was part of the discussion in the budget like i had no idea that that was but i mean why would we really this is one of those things that happens that where you're just kind of like that um all right well i think we just keep working with the insurance company that part's going to get sorted out later you know there 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 may be something that we have to deal with you know but we have to again i'm just going to keep refocusing us They're still working with you, right, Susan? I mean, they haven't stopped working. And they may be angry at us for ticking the wrong box, but we're still, they're still doing the stuff that we need done, correct?
2: They haven't stopped working, but they very much could pull some of our coverage for some for part of the incident that we may, we may end up having to pay some more out of pocket than we originally planned because we, you know, we really are in violation of what we represented to them. So, as, you know, as we start thinking about what all this is going to cost, let's let's be aware of that too.
7: Yeah, I mean, it, we're we're like when you're in these situations, guys, you're separating the world into things you can control and things you can't control. We can't control what the insurance company is going to do or how they're going to handle it. As long as they're doing what we need them to do for this situation, we have to just keep working with them. So, Susan, you know, I, again, like it's a clerical error it's a significant one but it is a clear clear and like we're going to have to kind of try and see if we can work through this you know that's i don't know what that even means but that's what we're going to try and do and, and we, i'm sure we will be talking about this months from now um with our insurance company you know so it's just one of the legacy things that we're going to have to deal with um and and you know uh i mean we'll talk about this later uh but like you know we're not yeah, we're, we're $2.5 billion fund. There's only so much um, of a spend that we have for, for this stuff. You know, um, we, we, I think we do, we're, we're on par with our peer group, but I, I would think, um, so, you know, hopefully there's some leg to stand on there, but but we just have to, let, let's press on here um, and, and deal with the communication issues, because I think those are probably the most pressing right now
2: i know i know jay i just you know and i know it's probably because i haven't had any sleep but you know i, I don't want to say i told you so but i i told you so you know you spend the money up front or you spend it now and yeah, so here we are i get it
7: <laughs> uh, susan there, there's a lot about this situation that's not ideal um and um you know uh like Honestly, like, this isn't what I do. So like, I didn't, you know, I am I know about, uh, you know, raising capital and, and allocating capital, that's kind of what I do. And I always assumed that all this stuff was kind of the domain of the nerds. And like the nerds will figure it out. And, you know, I mean, that's the reality of it. Like, and now, you know, here we are, we're in this situation. I'm, I'm not thinking that way anymore. Um, but but it's, you know, and it's the nerds always want more money to do more things, the nerdy things, you know, whatever they do. And so I just, uh, you know, I think when Howard and I were looking at the budget and we're, you know, these are, these are, the right, the yeah. So, you
6: know. Yeah, we just looked at the dollars and let them allocate it any way they wanted. Each department got its own.
7: Yeah, I know. It's, it's, look, it's a collective. Failure, you know, and we will. There will be a post mortem on this, you know. We'll, we'll Monday morning quarterback it at, at some point. Um, but like, let's stay focused right now on the things that we have in front of us. Mostly, I would say communications, because we're at that point where we have to communicate something. And so, you know, what have we come up with? And and I, you know, this is a let's all talk here. Grant, why don't you? But, give
3: I'm, I'm all about getting ahead of it and, and taking charge of the narrative, but before we can communicate, at least to our investors, we need to know what happened and what things we're putting in place to stop it and prevent it from happening again. That's
6: part of our, our due diligence and yeah. obligation. You're right, Grant, that we have
0: to do
3: that.
6: And we have to be very detailed in that.
2: You know, Jay, why don't we why don't we break here and let the nerds get back to mm-hmm. trying to get this thing solved? all right
7: yeah no i think that that's fine uh but i do think that the like you know how we communicate is is key like now crucial time is passing so like where are we with the you know do, do we have like approved communications i mean i gave you some talking points you know grant like i think this is now in kind of more in grant and howard's
3: it is we we have a framework i think it's ready to fill in the you know we have this is what's happened this is what we're doing about it everything's safe and secure now etc but we need kind of the details to fill that in before we can Well, are we safe and secure
2: talking to that. Our, our guide at the cyber insurance company you know they're they're going to help us and make sure we're communicating the right things in the right ways. Uh, you know, make sure whatever you're giving to Jay to talk about publicly that they have blessed it before it goes out.
3: Almost oh, most definitely.
5: Okay. Okay. So um, this meeting has officially ended. And uh, what we are going to do is fast forward again to day five uh on day 5 there is a lot more information that has come in about what has happened even though they're not thoroughly finished with all the forensics and every and in containing the incident um they do know a lot more about what's happened and so at this point which will be really the wrap up of this uh exercise Susan is going to bring um each of the folks on who have been on this uh, involved in this exercise, and then get an explanation as to what has occurred, and what steps have been taken uh, to date to contain um, the incident. So Susan, you're back on, and you're getting a debrief of what has happened until now and what the teams know
2: all right well let me uh let me bring jeff back on i know you know he's been working as 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 hard as my team's been working to try to understand what's happening jeff you know thanks for sticking in there with us this has been really one of the roughest things i've ever been through um what uh what what do you know now
8: Okay, so we've done, uh, made a lot of changes in your environment. now. Um, We are prepared to turn MFA on for everyone, but that's going to be a bigger project. It's going to have to have a rollout and communication, um, and it's going to take some time. It's outside our normal agreement, but we'll get to a cost at another time. But that's a big thing, so we're prepared to do that. But we've already reset all internal passwords company-wide, every user, every service account, every administrative account. We've also established a separate cloud-based user account for uh, that further limits the use of uh, and capabilities of a privileged account, what it can do, what it can talk to, who can use it, how often that password gets rotated or or not rotated, gets changed and who owns that. Uh, We've added conditional access policies uh, that ensures that logins are coming from a known trusted source. you wouldn't be able to log in from that BMS server to your corporate network anywhere or to an AD server. Um, we did define or did definitively uh, see that they are linked. Uh, we heard that from the BMS vendor that there was a second NIC card plugged in there. We don't know when that happened, uh, but yeah, you know, we it, it looks like it's been there for quite a while. Um, but we do think that was the path used to get access to things in the corporate. We've also modified a lot of firewall rules uh, or restricting inbound and outbound traffic and and port uh, protocols and ports that weren't formally uh, done at that property uh, before. So we're gonna got a plan to implement that across all of your properties. And again, it's just another, it's a big project that's gonna have to roll out and have a big cost to it. Um, We we started implementing uh, uh, our, our SIM uh, the one that y'all didn't pay for last year when we had the proposal, but we're using it now and we're going to put a proposal in front of you to continue using it so it gathers the logs in a single location because this time around our guys had to scramble and look through everything manually and it was a, it was a big mess. It just took too long um, and then finally we, we've done a lot of policy configuration in your Microsoft tenant uh, and we're going to recommend that you increase your Microsoft licensing levels so you can take advantage of all of the security enhancements that they have uh, they're the most hacked company in the world, for crying out loud. They know how to stop some things. So uh, it's to our benefit and to your benefit to have those in place to help prevent this or at least lessen the pain the next time uh, this should happen. So that's a lot of things real quick, I know, but uh, that's a lot. That's what we've been doing the last three or four days.
2: All right, Jeff, I appreciate it. Um... We'll get back with you and start planning out these projects. I just feel like we've we've let so many things fall by the wayside and just weren't prepared. But I'm gonna I'm gonna check in with Fred now and see what uh, what he has to tell me about the building systems.
8: Okay, be safe. Thank you.
2: Thanks,
8: Hi,
4: Susan. Hi, hey,
2: Fred. So what uh, what do you what do you know? Thank you for sticking in there with us and helping us.
4: Well, I do have some good um the good news is we found an original copy of the programming so we're not going to have to start from scratch oh that's uh, good. the other good news is talking to some of the manufacturers they're telling me that it would be about two weeks but that they are going to try to get you some controllers earlier than that uh, but the bottom line is your head in the thing that originally was ransom is pretty much toast, so you're not gonna be able to get any uh, forensics off of it. Uh, talk to Jeff, uh, he's aware of the second nick, um and looking into that and uh, really, the rest of it remains the same. So we're gonna do everything we can as fast as we can to get you guys back online. But, and as soon as you get some of the alternate cooling in here, I mean, you've gotten a few units in, but you're gonna need a few more. We're going to help you get those in and then we'll, we'll go from there. But please, we need to start a backup routine. And uh, we also got to get a handle on your vendors because, uh, you know, they everybody uses the same username and password. Even in my organization, we need to fix that.
2: Yeah. Uh, wow. Thank you. You've given us a lot, a lot to think about Brad i'm uh i'm gonna call in uh grant now and and from hr and have him you know give me an update on what he's finding you know you never imagined that there could be an hr component to this too i mean grant what what have you found you know between talking with with jeff and and with fred it, it sounds like we might have had an insider issue it
3: looks that way definitely highly probable, so there were several accounts that weren't uh, locked out or closed um, that came from different properties, but this particular property had a disgruntled engineer that was let go two weeks ago, and they their access was not turned off, they were still able to access that back room, and we think maybe that's where that uh, connector to the corporate environment came from as a disgruntled employee on his way out, or a day later, again, because we know communication between properties and corporate is not happening as frequently or as often as it should, we gotta go back and look at our policies and procedures and really remind people that, especially in a disgruntled, or somebody with elevated access, you need to communicate with IT immediately that their access needs to be cut off. Um, it looks like one of those cases, in. The other people were at different properties that we don't think it came from, but they also their access was not cut off uh until jeff identified them
2: wow i yeah, I just it, the company is is big enough that we just don't always know in i t when people are coming and going i mean i'm I'm sure it's challenging in h r too uh but you know what so is do we know the employee can can do we have any recourse maybe I should Maybe I should talk to Howard from a legal standpoint and uh, and see what we yeah. can do.
3: Yep, I'll let him know the employee for sure. Yeah, so,
2: thank we'll you. I, I appreciate it. And we'll get together and figure out what to what to do as far as uh, you employee offboarding and make sure that process is is tightened up a lot. Great. Thank you. Now I'm going to check in with Howard from a legal standpoint and and see where he stands. I mean, he had a lot of work to do as a follow-on to all of this. So, Howard, I wanted to to get an update from you if you found, you know, the cyber insurance, the legal advice and guidance to be helpful. Um how are things how are things going? Yeah,
6: so they've given me a lot of good information. Um most importantly, uh, you know what, we need to do so. We good news is we were down the road already with the first step, which is the diagnosis and also the beginnings of a remediation plan. And those are internal in terms of we need to not only get our house in order, but document and be prepared to let a regulator know what we found, what the challenges were, and what we're doing to make sure that doesn't happen again. Um, we've also worked with both internal, uh, legal team with Grant and his team on on the communication side and the cyber legal team as to what we need to do around our investors. Um, we need to let them know we need to put something out there that gives them some peace of mind, whether it's buying, you know, paying for, um, some sort of protection on their Personal and financial information for a period of time. Um, But most importantly, it's sort of the reputational damage. Like we may, we need to let the world know we're safe to put money with. So I think I'm going to talk to Jay when, you know, we get back together about, especially for the two who uh, their account numbers were out there. I think we need to go visit them directly and let them know what we're doing sort of face to face. Um, but the rest of our investor community, we need a, a very tight communication. And then our regulators are going to be coming in. The SEC is going to be coming in, doing some review. You're going to get some of the SEC's cyber folks and technical folks that are going to be looking at what you've done. Um, but it's good. It, this isn't going away overnight. They're going to be here for a while.
0: This
2: problem's yeah. going to be here well i'll check in with jay and see how he's holding up i know he's carried a lot thanks for all that you've done howard
0: my
6: pleasure it's part of why i'm here
2: yeah thanks all right i guess i need to talk to jay we haven't been getting along very well because we had some kind of sharp words but you know i still care about 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 him and what happens jay how are you doing
7: I'm okay, you know, all things considered. But look, these are this is stressful. These are stressful situations, and um, you know, I think we both can agree we were not optimally prepared here. Um, So, uh, you you know, we I think if we can sit down with the team, um, you know, and uh, at the first opportunity, right, where we can get together with a little bit of calm and we can go over you know what kinds of things that we can do better we're going to be dealing with this you know for uh the, the next several months at least but possibly a year or two in the future um and it's going to cost us a lot but you know um i think at, at least the team we've kind of made it through to this phase and and you know uh we'll, we'll start uh, building things back up from here
2: yeah well I haven't been home for five days. I'm still wearing the same clothes, so <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take a little break here.
5: Yeah, um, you, you, you need home. a rest. You need a rest. Thanks. Okay, so uh, that kind of wraps up where we are. I'm gonna bring all of the panelists back on. Um, they're now going to transition from their very stressful roles in the exercise to a much less stressful. Um, position of uh observer of, of the incident. And we'll kind of go around the horn here and get, you know, each one's um, observations. We've got about 30, 45 seconds apiece before we have to wrap up uh, the webinar. So um Susan, since you were kind of um, the point of the spear here in this whole event, um let's let's have you go first. Um you you were you were um, not getting much sleep and um <laughs> and getting a little bit stressed here from from the conversation i'm just wondering how you feel about this
2: you know it, honestly uh, this uh, you you really feel like so much of this is it could really be very very accurate you know in the way that people interact especially in a stressful moment i think for me you know i just feel like our it department mm-hmm. really just failed on so many different levels i'm just you know i'm just really I don't know. I, I, you know, besides being stressed from everything we've been through, I just, I feel like we, we really, uh gosh, we let the company down in a big way and we have learned a lot of lessons from this.
5: Well, since this has been more of the business focus, um, I, I want to get the business perspective, uh, first from you, Howard, and then, and then from Jay.
6: Yeah. So, for me, and I think given everything that happened, and especially when the social media aspect and the building side blew up, I think we needed to have declared a little earlier. uh been a little bit more proactive in getting ahead of it um, and controlled the narrative. The other thing that, um, because we only had a limited amount of time, and it was amazing, it was 12.30, then it was 1.30 in, in the session um, before we blinked. But, we didn't get to quantify what the overall financial impact, from my perspective, was going to be in this, right? The, the cost that we touched, Fred touched briefly on the cost to the buildings, but we didn't look at the rent loss side, right? We sent people home. They're not going to pay us rent. We're, we're going to have a challenge. That's going to be hundreds of thousands, if not in seven, you know, low seven figures of rent loss and cost that, you know, two and a half billion dollar fund, that's going to be a lot to absorb. And you can't pass that through to the assets. So, you know, maybe to build that one building, building three, but either way, our financials are getting clobbered and we need to know that. So um, I think from my, you know, Susan got through it, a lot of heartburn and God bless the IT folks, the nerds that, that really probably were up around the clock. But I think from a business perspective, we're here and we're going to be dealing with
5: this for months to come. Okay, fair enough. Jay.
7: Yeah, I mean, I think that was well put, Howard. Uh you you know, when you're in a situation like this, um it, what you're what I was trying to do a little bit was depict the, the 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 demographic of the person who would be in my role, right? You know, and how you would think about your business and what's going on. And the, the, the reality is is that you're trying very hard um to separate things into things you can control and then things that are out of your control and you're trying to really work on those things that are in your control like communications that's why i kept like hammering back you know um onto that and then uh, on this a lot of this other stuff you don't really have enough information or your or expertise to, to and you're really just relying on your team to like all right go do the best you can and come back so those were the you know um those were the real takeaways. And then, you know, you're trying to be like, well, there's some light at the end of the tunnel. There's something we're supposed to be doing and we should always be doing the right thing, you know, by our investors and our tenants and our employees. Like that's the other thing you have to kind of, that's like a North Pole in one of these exercises.
5: Okay, so we've got about a minute here. Um, uh, Grant, in in your role, HR and, and communication, just
3: real quick. Yeah, more in the HR, I, I, I think you can have the best policies and procedures and even this IR plan, but if it's not visited frequently and reminded, it, it just, it collects dust, right? So we could add the best onboarding, offboarding policy, but if you're not reminding with turnover as people come on or new managers come in at a property that this, this is how we got to do it, this is, you know, or your cybersecurity policy, cybersecurity training. If you don't nope. keep, hammering that through you know that the people are always the weakest link in in these situations absolutely Jeff real quick
8: yeah, I think it, it hammers in that the uh, cyber security as a whole is not just IT's problem it's everybody's problem in the company and it comes down to our behaviors and how we act you know click on things do things and follow those policies and procedures
4: thanks and uh, Fred your perspective? hmm None of this was a surprise to me. Uh, because this is what we see all the time. Is the on the OT side, no backups, nobody knows who has access, nobody knows how things are connected. Well done, team.
5: Very good. Thank you. Chuck, back to you.
1: Yeah, I wanna just thank again for the team. Uh, you guys uh I think we had some great comments uh that that popped in. Uh a lot of people, you know, telling Susan, go get them and and plot twist, uh, hey, I was the employee that was fired. Thanks, Greg, for that. He's <laughs> picking on you guys. And uh, yeah, I think what's, what's interesting about this too is all of those uh, companies and, that are represented here that have said they already have their, IS, their IRP in place, you gotta exercise it. And, and I think uh, you gotta uh, continue to throw in different scenarios the other thing too is with a with a registered investment advisor with the SEC, auditors will be living at your buildings, and cool. and you're going to constantly be audited. So the uh, the necessity to stay on top of these processes and prove that you have them uh, ready to go uh, is is significantly important. So because uh, it's not just uh, you know the, usually when an auditor says we finished our evaluation with no findings. That's the best you can get. Uh, And and they won't say that you don't have anything wrong. They just say no findings, right? Uh, And so uh, that's your goal is to have no findings. But as soon as you have a finding that you have to respond to, that elevates things significantly more. And so uh, just uh, always be aware of that. So I just want to thank again. Thanks to our panel. Uh, You guys, your contributions are fantastic. I think we'll use this as a learning uh, video for a lot of different people. So that's fantastic. I want to thank also the live audience uh, for being active, or if you're watching this as a recording, uh, you know, we, again, we all want to get better at this. So your feedback is, is definitely valuable to us. And so we really want you to uh, provide feedback. You're welcome to use my email that I gave you early on. Um, I do want to mention we're going to take a break from webinars for June because we want you to attend the RealCom and come out and see us in, in Caesars Palace. In July we'll pick up the fireside chat format with the webinars to talk about mid-year projections, kind of an assessment where the commercial real estate space is and maybe some projections going forward, things that people need to know both from the RealCom side and the IBcon side. So that'll be great um and so we do encourage you then also to connect with us at the uh, at realcom you can really become a member of this community develop relationships expand your network connections is a great place to see those face-to-face components we'll be in las vegas as you see here caesar's palace june 14th and 15th there's some um, pre-con events there's some educational breakout sessions and so much more going on just check realcon.com for details and be sure to register early i think the golf uh, outing may only have a few slots left so if you're a golfer you better jump on it quick so again just a big thank you to everyone really appreciate all your help this was an excellent session uh, some work went into it so appreciate everything you've done uh, that's it. Thanks again. That's it for us. Be safe and we will see you
0: in July or at RoCom. Take care. Thanks, everybody.